relationship with people or we in relationship with stories we have about them and the buckets and boxes that we have put them in. You're listening to the Start Right Now podcast, and I'm your host, Chloe McKenzie. I'm excited to help you get off the sidelines and finally step into your calling. So let's get started right now. Welcome back to another episode of the Start Right Now podcast. Today's episode is definitely going to have a little bit of a different flavor and format from some of the other guest interviews I've done in the past. And just by way of how we're going to set this up, I think you're going to take a lot of way from the actual themes of this conversation. We're talking today about identity. We're talking about vulnerability. We're talking about our own evolution as we're you know living our lives and going through all of these stages to become ultimately the people that we want to be. So today, my conversation is with an old friend, Anya Soto. And I actually, in my you know usual work of trying to prepare the bio, my intro, my talking points, I was ready to list off all of these wonderful things that I know about Anya from, you know, from who she is now, from who she was when I met her, you know, about five, six years ago through uh, our coaching training program, I was ready to say, yeah, Anya's a mom. She's an entrepreneur. She's a visionary. She's this and this and this. And it was so contrary, I think, to the conversations that we are about to have about the layers of identity. So I'm not going to go there. I'm instead just going to introduce you to Anya and she is going to take us through this whole conversation about identity and we're going to see how this unfolds. So welcome to the conversation, Anya Soto. Oh my God. Hi. I'm so excited. Like I can feel my body shaking. I can feel my palms are getting wet. And I feel like I'm the one who does this work all the time. And it's, uh, it's like so much easier to teach than to be and do. So I'm so excited to dive in. Thank you for your courage and permission to like go all in and just make it real for the audience. I think we need more real spaces. I agree. I was just, uh, Anya and I were just off uh, the mic and I was saying, I'm so scared for this conversation. I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm trusting in the process and I'm trusting that we're going to show up to provide a lot of value for you guys. So I'm ready to do this. Yeah. And a lot of value. Like I also want to give each other permission. We might say something that might not be really good or correct or politically correct. So maybe we can give each other permission to also be students. I feel like I am in the diversity and inclusion space and I'm learning like every day, every day, every day. Totally. Permission granted. Awesome. I want to talk about, as you said, like, I think we put so often people in different boxes and I have an experience with my kids, uh, which I'm revealing part of my identity. I'm a mom, but with my kids. And I remember one of my daughters going back to school and she's like, Oh my God, mom, I can be anybody I want to be. And I'm like, isn't it exciting? You get to create your own identity in this new environment. Right. And so many of us started a new job and we're like, Oh my God, this is a whole new journey or we're in a new relationship and we get to show up differently. So, um, the identity you and I were going to talk about, I think there are like three pieces that puzzle me who I was born to be, right? That's where I was born, who I was born with, like who were my parents, my DNA, my history. Mm. And then who am I now? And who am I now is also, I think that's interesting. It's like who I think I am how the world sees me, right? That's when I was like, oh, it's interesting because when you said like, I'm going to introduce Anya, I'm like, I'm very interested to know like, Chloe, like, how do you see me? Like, what do you see on LinkedIn? What do you see on Facebook, on Instagram? 
what boxes or identities have you put me in, right? Mm. And then who my parents say I am, who my friends say I am, who my partner says I am, who my kids think I am. Like, just think about all these dimensions. So many different layers already in terms of, I'm sure, what people, and I'm sure they would all have a very different opinion of what they would say about you, what those people would say about yeah. me in our in our different relationships. So I'm so curious to hear this. Totally. And and that's, I think, the piece is like, this is who I think I am and how I'm evolving, right? And this is how people see me. So maybe our introduction can be like, there are three layers of identity, right? And I can, I, I, I invite you to, maybe I can reveal some of my identities and you can reveal some of your identities. Would you be willing to do that with me? Okay. So the first, uh, Awesome. The first layer, and I think this is going to be more challenging for women. Who are we without our titles, right? So in this first layer, there are going to be three layers. The first layer, we're going to talk about you. Those are the things you put on your like dating profile. And I'm going to start, okay? Uh, I was born in USSR. I was the youngest in my family. I love Hispanic culture. Like I'm obsessed with like salsa and bachata and going on like vacations. I'm learning Spanish. I'm married to Latina. And then I'm also obsessed with leadership development. I love nature. I'm an Aries and I am Enneagram type A. So those are like some of the things that you can say without the identity, right? Without, let's say, my roles and titles that I play. See, I didn't talk about my job. I didn't talk about my family. I didn't talk about all these roles that I play. This is just a layer that is me. This is who I am as Anya, right? When you said, I'm going to introduce you to Anya Soto. And I said, this is who I am as Anya right? So those are all the things, as I said, you will put on a dating profile without any of the titles or anybody else. Those are just the things that make you, you. So now your turn. Ooh, so I need to introduce myself without the titles. Ooh, this is a challenge. I am an ambitious person. I crave opportunities to grow and stretch and test my own limits. I'm very curious. Uh, I love puzzles and I love to put pieces together and I find it really challenging and invigorating to think about how do things connect? How are they related? How are they different? And what makes them unique and special? Uh, I love all things creativity and creating from nothing, creating from this space where we can just pull out our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, and channel them into different mediums, whether that's writing, whether that's singing, whether that's art. Uh, I love to see that in others, and I really value the opportunity to do that myself. Uh, I'm on the changing day of Aquarius and Pisces, so I don't know. You can, I don't know. You can't put me in, the, in a box on that one, I guess. Some people say I'm one, some people say I'm the other, um, <laughs> right? And uh, I'm, a, I'm a forever student, I guess. I'm learning as I go, and, and that's a really exciting thing. How did I do? Wow. You... Oh my God. Amazing. You did so much better than I did. Yeah, right. Uh, see, this is where we're going to compare. We're like, I want to be more like <laughs> you. I love all the things you said. And right, the first sentence you said, wow, without titles, that's going to be hard. 
Yes. Because like we're so used to placing ourselves in boxes and that takes us to the next level, right? Those are, are called social identities. And the social is like those we share with other social groups. This is where the race comes in, ethnicity, gender, right? Uh, sexual orientation. So again, I'm going to go first and then I'll let you go. Great. I am white, which sounds so like, <laughs> I don't know, like weird, right? Nobody like white people don't say I'm white. Like it, it, whiteness has never been considered a race. Right. It's assumed as so the like default, kind of right? Weird to say, right? Like, isn't it? So when I say that always, I'm like, I am white. I'm a white. I identify as female. I am a member of LGBT community. I have a hidden disability. I am Russian Canadian. Uh, I consider myself low middle class. I'm a mom. I am married. I am, um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Okay. I am black. Oh, there you go. I'm black. I am a woman. I identify as a woman. I, I identify as heterosexual. Um, I I'm a first-generation Canadian. My parents are both from Guyana, which is a country in South America. So I am Guyanese-Canadian and English-speaking, fairly normal. That's all I got. <laughs> awesome. You see, like, this is hard, right? Wasn't it? I don't know. How was it for you to, like, reveal this layer of your identity? You know what? It's uh, with every, which is interesting, with every thing that I rhymed off, I had a little butterfly or like, you know, trepidation in my stomach, which is weird because these are, are things that are part of my identity. These are true for me, but it was very different feeling of naming those things in this round versus yeah. in the round previous. I don't know if you know why that might be. Mm, I don't. I'm curious to know. Cause again, like it's, it's you, right? So I, I'm going to ask you like, which part of identity do you think you have covered in your life? Ooh, um, you know, there's an interesting thing here. So when we talk about as a, when I say, when I talk about, it, I'm a visible minority. So, uh, there are things that are assumed about visible minorities identities, uh, just as they move about the world, people are already starting to guess and make assumptions and wonder, hmm, I wonder which island they're from. I wonder if they're Caribbean or African. Yes. I wonder if they're born here or if they're born abroad. So in some ways, there's a lot of elements of identity as a visible minority that you can't ever really disguise or um, you're not in a position not to disclose because it's naturally a curiosity with the first people that you meet. So I would say I, 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 navigate spaces or I'm used to navigating spaces with as much neutrality as possible, to be honest, until I'm at a place where I need to disclose elements of my identity because I'm on mm. video or because I'm in person and you can't really not say yeah. that because, you know, maybe it's the conditioning of thinking already there are elements of my identity that might put me at a disadvantage, maybe, um, some conditioning mm -hmm. there. But, um, I would say personally though, I do feel a sense of pride in everything that I've named off, but I'm also conscious that that sense of pride or acceptance is not necessarily true for everybody that receives me or somebody like me. 
Yeah. Oh, there's like so many things. I wish I'm like, do we have like seven hours to unpack everything you just said? So part of it. Right. Well, for those listening and I, maybe I actually, I I might ruin this by revealing this, but, um, uh, Anya is an incredible coach. That's how I perceive you, Anya. And that's what I do know about you to be true. So this conversation is going to sound a lot like a coaching conversation for those of you that are new to um, understanding what that might feel like. But Anya is going to just unpack all the layers of of what I just brought up there. Thank you. And it's so interesting, right? So when you talked about like, this is exactly precisely why this work is so important. When people bring me into organizations, right, to do this unconscious bias identity work, as you said, there's a pride and then there's uh, also an element of like, I'm conscious of it. And I think the pride comes from like when we actually write it down and we start to own because it's like, it's weird. And it's unconscious that we're so conscious about our identity. Because as you said, when I lay it out, I'm actually proud of each identity I have named. I just don't think we ever have this conversation. And this is why I think like for everybody who is listening to start unpacking like different, different, multiple, multiple dimensions of who we are and what makes us us and what, and how those identities we also talked about change. So once we finish, like we still have a third layer of identity, but once we finish, let's, let's remember to come back to talk about how this identities shift and change. I was going to say something when you were talking about like all different dimensions of your identities and cover up, right? And you said something about being visible and invisible, right? So my visible, I have a visible disadvantages, right? Like you, your visible disadvantage might be your blackness. Your visible disadvantage might be like that you're really good looking or, and again, it can be advantage and disadvantage. You are super fit. That's how I perceive you. I'm like, I'm so curious to hear that you didn't say anything about health, fitness, (laughs) <laughs> when you were describing yourself, right? That that was very interesting to me. I'm like, you, like I wonder if you hide away from it or just unconscious. But you like value wellness and health so much. So an invisible, for me, I, I, I'm a woman, right? I can't hide that. Uh, accent is my disability. So sometimes I would hide behind emails. And I even went as far as hiring editors And my partner would sometimes say, hey, like, if it's really important email, can you run it by me? So we can Americanize it more. Because even in my email, sometimes, like, English is not my first language and not even my second language. So sometimes in my emails, I would make grammatical mistakes. I still struggle with A and V or V and W. I'm like, wow, wow. I'm like, and I don't hear the difference. Or I would say Costco, Prasecca, San Francisco. And people would be like, San Francisco, Prasecco, Costco. And I'm like, I've lived in Canada for 20 years. So that is the visible. Uh, Again, my gender expression is female, but I look very androgynous. I have short hair, which is like for women, I'm more of a like muscular body type. So again, people, right, this is a visible. But then I have like some, let's say mental health, right, can be an invisible disability. And sometimes throughout my life, I struggled with postpartum depression and depression on and off. That is invisible. People don't know about me. There are things that I can hide. My lack of uh, education is invisible because I have so many certificates, but I actually never went to university. I still have a high school is my highest form of education, even though I work with 
like, I don't know, I feel like with so many genius, smart people, again, I can hide it if I want to. But if you've ever been on the side, and I have been on the side of not belonging, of being the other, my accent, again, is something that I don't feel like I belong because I walk through life where every day, every day, people ask me, where are you from? Reminding mm-hmm. me that you're not one of us. Where are you from? And to them, it's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I love your accent. It's so cute. To me, it's a painful reminder of you are the other every day. Mm-hmm. So again, people who have part of dominant group, they have no idea and complete lack of awareness of their groupness or privilege where people without, right, on a do- non-dominant group know everything about privilege. They know everything about what part of identity affords you that privilege and what doesn't. I actually did an episode previously with a colleague of mine. His name is Jesse Jones. I'll refer to it mm-hmm. in the episode notes, but we were talking about this exact thing and the perspective I'll give you on the other side is while um as a visible minority you're always entering spaces where people are are curious about your otherness and um you know yeah. you're you're not part of the dominant group that as we grow up as minorities grow up can become a superpower because you're always entering a space where you have to understand how to navigate different yeah. spaces mm-hmm. and how to relate to the dominant groups to be able to make space for yourself, be part of the conversation, have a, yeah. a, a point adapt. where you can yeah. adapt, right? D- deliver the message you need to deliver to the receiver to be able to have the impact and not, you know, have elements of the conversation or how you're showing up be. Uh, distraction. So in some ways, even though we are, you know, pushing through this conversation and labeling what our, our disabilities are, or even invisible disabilities, uh, there's real power in thinking about how these things also are, our super abilities, our superpowers, um, on the other end of it. I love it. I love it. And, and it's like, yes, and I'm going to challenge you. It is a superpower until we assimilate until we cover up to the point where we cannot distinguish our cultural differences anymore, right? I I spent 20 years perfecting my English to assimilate, right? To now be at a time, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, but how can I honor my culture and my ancestors and what is my superpower and how can I use it? Maybe I'll start diving into the third bucket. Remember we said the first one was my personal identity. Those are the things I would say, here's what makes me me. Here are the things I like, here are the things I dislike. This is what I'm passionate about. Then the second was our social identities, right? It's like, those are like my grouping. Like I'm a mom, I'm self-employed, I have a company, uh, I am Y. Those are, there are other people, social groups that share some of my identities. And then the last one, and again, there are many, 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 many layers. But another one I like to talk about is our status. And status means, again, it can be parental status, it can be employment status, financial status, citizenship status, education status. Those are all the things. Geography, right? Where I grew up. And where do I live? How often you meet someone and they say, hey, like, where do you live? Why do we need to know where someone lives and what neighborhood? Just so it's easier for us to place them in a box. So we're not curious anymore about the person. The more boxes they fit in, when I meet someone, I'm like, oh, what school did you go to? Where did you grow up? What do you do for work? 
And that person gets placed into these different, different kind of like boxes or buckets. And that makes me feel like, oh, okay, I know what you're about. And we do that instantly within two minutes. I can place you in some boxes and buckets. And then I know it gives me kind of like safety. I know what you're about. But again, is it the true representation of who you are? Or are those just my assumptions about who I think you are? right? Based on my previous experience. What I love about that, Anya, is there's so much richness, not only in a diversity of perspectives, different identities coming together, but our identities individually change so much over time. You and I were talking briefly about how different you and I are today from the people that we were were when we first met. Yeah, take us back there. I'll I'll tell you, you know, Chloe back then, I was, you know, one year out of school working like my first corporate job, you know, single, you know, bright eyed, bushy tail, (laughs) thinking about, you know, all the things that I, I wanted to do, but really just like so, you know, inexperienced at that point. But, um, yeah, what do you remember? And no, who are you today before I go? You tell me, who are you today? Let's, let's do the status now. This is the status, right? Your family status, your parental status, your employment status, your financial, your family, your education, like all of it. This is like the third layer. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, well, I am married. I have a wonderful husband. I am a mama of two beautiful girls. I'm a homeowner. I'm an entrepreneur. I... Um, what else can I say? I don't know. You I feel are like all the, I'm a podcaster. Yeah. Yes. I feel like, you know, now that we've gotten through the conversation, um, these titles now really just feel like titles that fall a little bit more flat. Like the, you used the right word when you said status, they're almost like markers. They're the boxes. Yes. Like they help me to place you in the box and I'll say, okay, what neighborhood do you live in? Why am I asking this? What school did you go to? Because it helps me to really quickly place you. Oh, okay. I get an idea of who you are. Okay. Got it. So interesting. Why do we go right there to the boxes? It's, it's, it makes us feel safe because as soon as I can put you in a box, I can predict kind of really, I, ha- I make a lot of assumptions of what you are capable of and what you're not capable of. Like I, my life experience will dictate me depending on what school you went to, what neighborhood you live in. Are you married? Do you have kids? Like where you stand. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is what gives us that safety. But again, it is assumptions because entering into conversation with you, I love learning about all these different, uh, like multi dimensions, right. Of who you are versus saying, Oh my God, like, I love when we met five years ago. And yes, you were this like bright eyes and so like fresh <laughs> and so. And, I mean, and you still are all of those things and so many more things. Yes. And tell me about your boxes. Cause what I remember oh from you God. at that time, you mm. were like this beautiful, vibrant, you know, I just remember your blonde hair and your laugh and you're just the person in the room that could ease the tension. And you always had a, a creative idea to share and you were, it seemed that you weren't afraid to show up ever. You just seem oh really God. bold in, in your actions, but yeah. uh, tell me, and- help me unpack that. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, I will. So at that time, I was actually really, really uh, was going through postpartum depression with my second child. I was really struggling with my sexual identity. I was being married to a man, just had my second daughter realizing that I was gay. I was no longer wanting to be married to a man. I lived in a suburbs in a big house that I didn't like and didn't want to. And I was almost like I did all those things I was expected to do, but I wasn't so unhappy. And actually going through coaching has really allowed me to start questioning the boxes that I have put myself in. Because on the outside, as you said, I was this like happy, beautiful woman with long blonde hair, but it was like it was not who I was. Mm. And today I can tell you that I'm married to a woman, to a gorgeous woman. Uh, I'm actually like, I've started a training company. I did go through divorce. I now have three kids. I have also a stepchild. Um, I don't know. I run my own business. I live in a like, kind of like very like modern loft condo instead of a big house in the suburbs i have short hair because that's who i am i play ton of sports i don't play anymore into the feminine box because i don't care but it's like 30 40 years right of like as you said like you grew up with your own narratives and i grew up what it was like to be a woman to be desired, to be sexy, to be attractive. And to me, that was long, blonde hair, curls, dresses. Now I look back, I'm like, who is that person? Mm. Like, it has nothing to do with who I am on the inside. And that's, and I think, again, my social status changed, my marriage status changed. Like, I, then I became divorced, and then I became broke, and then I went through this hard divorce. And then it's like, so I went from like, a lot of money to like no money to like making money again and that's just like five six years so now imagine like right if we talk about like 20 years right so it's like again are we in relationships with people or are we in relationships with stories we have about them and the buckets and boxes that we have put them in well what was it like knowing all the change that you have gone through outside looking in people would be like whoa she i didn't expect that or she's so different than who i thought she was and you know we get into a place where we assume so many things about people and the hardest part uh, i found this even in going through the coaching program and experiencing all this these changes and this growth on my end but stepping back into environments where people are are expecting you to show up in a specific way, the way that they knew you before. And it almost had like a bit of a, you know, reverting effect. Like, say, so I felt yeah. like all the growth that I had, all these conversations I had yeah. opened up the vulnerability. And I come back to in a, in a space where I'm like, oh, I got to remember these people are expecting this from me or expecting me yeah. to show up in this way. What was it like totally. for you who's experienced so much change? It was so scary. It was like years of like, crying i'm also a mom right as you said and i go through like who am i to rock the boat i'm gonna affect all these people's lives my in-laws my ex-partner all of our friends like i am shifting a dynamic and lives of so many people so that's as a right the status in, as a mother as a wife as that and then on the inside as an individual right and my commitment to growth and my commitment to authenticity and my commitment to being the role model to my daughters to say if you're not happy in this space leave the space mm. get up and leave do not stay in the space and as you said 
it's super scary. And I think there are many times in our life, I call it like a window of opportunity opens and the window opens and invites you like to jump through the window. And you're like, Oh, like, I really want to do it. But I don't think I'm ready. Mm. Like I can't do this. And I've had many of those moments where I step back. Sometimes I jump through the window and then there was another window. Sometimes I went back and I was like, I just like, I'm not ready. And I know so many women and men probably listening to this podcast have had those moments of I'm living a lie. I am living. And I say that because I actually had a really cool experience. I was working with, um, on a project with York university with some of their leadership students and almost every single person came to me and said, I realized I did this for either my parents or that's what I thought I was going to do. Like I'm in my last year and I, I don't want to do what I'm doing. Mm. I think we're so brainwashed. We place ourselves in those boxes and it's so hard to have a like really honest conversation with yourself and be like, what do I really love and who am I? without all of those boxes. Especially as somebody who is a new entrepreneur where you're considering your identity, you're considering what you bring to the table in terms of your attributes, in terms of how you can help others. But there's such an emphasis today um, because of all the competition, there's so much emphasis on marketing and personal brands and paying close attention to how you package things in a certain way for people to be able to buy you or engage with you or follow you or become an advocate of you. How would you coach somebody who is an aspiring entrepreneur, but is worried about how do I show up as myself, but how do I also be marketable? I honestly don't know. And it's something I also struggle with. And I think what helps me is to know that, you know what, nothing is permanent. And that's what I've learned, right? I've been on this entrepreneur journey for the last seven years. People I thought I would want to work with, I worked with them and I was like, uh, no, those are not the people I want to work mm. with. And then I picked another niche and then I picked another niche. And I think over time I started to draft almost like, again, different dimensions of things. I think I've let go of this idea that it's like, oh my God, I'm going to create this website and everybody's going to look at it. You'll have seven websites and you'll have 10 programs and you'll have five different niches. And because uh, as you change, as your identity changes, as the world changes, we've now seen it with COVID, right? COVID has completely shifted our business. We went from being like all in-person training company in Toronto to now being a completely virtual training company. Mm -hmm. Again, going back, like, what would I give a suggestion? Who are you now? What speaks to you today? Who do you want to serve? And who will your kind of like story serve mm -hmm. today? Mm -hmm. Five years from now, it's going to be someone else. And that's okay. I love that. Making space to really understand and feel that nothing is permanent. Everything is fluid mm -hmm. and changes. And we feel like we have to commit all the time to when you have a business idea, especially like, okay, this is the business I'm building and it's going to be what takes me the next 60 years and you know you think about this big thing in your mind versus like who can i serve right now with the skills that i have yeah. great and it's gonna evolve and i think that is the question who do i feel called to serve like what brings me joy 
I know what brings me joy today is like, I love working right with young leaders, young managers. I see so many people who are being promoted as individual contributors and they're genius. They're phenomenal. They're remarkable. They have no people skills. And they come to me because they want to quit because they're like, I can't lead a team. I don't know what I'm doing. And then like equipping them with all those like tangible manager, like leadership skills. That's where I am today. I love what I do. And I can't wait for my kids to go to bed so I can do a little more work. Mm -hmm. I think uh, loving what you do really starts with being able to own who you are and acknowledge yourself, right? And be true to the things that call you and the things that speaks to you. So even if there are people out there listening to this that I think we all are, but if you aren't so much struggling with your own identity, you can still be a leader and a force that helps others show up as themselves and bring their identities fully to the table. So as we kind of wrap this conversation, what advice would you give to those listening who are people leaders, who are leading their households, leading their kids? How can we support people bringing their full identity to the table? I honestly like write it down, listen to this episode and start thinking all about what's my personal identity as an individual. What is my social identity? What group do I belong to? What are my status? And then do an inventory of your life. Who am I surrounded by? Because when you do that and you start to see like, damn, I spend time with people who are just like me then start asking yourself whose perspective is missing. Mm. You've kind of gone through this exercise with me today, right? As we were like talking about it, what is maybe a part of the new dimension of your identity that you might not have been so aware of that you are more aware of now or willing to own it more? I think being able to really channel and connect with who am I outside of my titles? Who am I outside of my role? Just in the things that call me in the places where I feel I'm in alignment or on purpose or the things that truly express how I show up in different spaces. I think being able to articulate those is just another thing that gives you a sense of pride and especially knowing titles change, right? Everything changes, but the essence of some of the things that call you, especially when you're thinking about purpose and alignment, like some of those things really stay consistent are things that can help guide you even when you're in these places of transition. So for me, just claiming who I am without those titles and having pride in the titles and Mm -hmm. in the things that, you know, I am living into is just um, a really powerful thing. It's almost like a dichotomy and polarity, right? It's like on one side, own the titles that you have on another side, let go of the titles. You're so much more than those titles, right? And I think what I'm still working on is how not to put people in those boxes, how not Mm -hmm. to ask those questions, how to meet everyone and be like, tell me about you. Like what makes you, you instead of trying to place them somewhere. And that's a lifetime work. Mm, Great advice. Anya, where can people connect with you? Where can they learn more about you and the work that you do? Uh, So you can find me on LinkedIn or you can connect with me through our website at culturecraftersus.com, culturecraftersus.com. We have a, we have a team of people and consultants that are all kind of like artists in their own different way. And we are totally women founded. I say minority led LGBT inclusive. I'm very proud to say that I only hire and work with women. 
all of our accountants, everyone is like, I support women and I support minority driven businesses. So if we're looking for a diversity supplier, we are your pips. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Women showing up. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your willingness to be in this conversation. I know those are difficult conversations for all of us. And I hope they stop being that. I agree. Sometimes the hardest, but also simplest thing is just showing up as who you are. So the more we can have conversations like these, I think a lot of people will feel more comfortable just saying, Hey, I'm here. This is me. And you know, let's get it. Let's do life. So thank you so much for being here and having this conversation. I will have uh, links to Anya's profile, her website in the show notes. But if you love this conversation, make sure you connect with Anya, connect with me, tell us all about it. And until next time, get started right now.